Uh, to start off with, you gotta need to understand that you gotta be living your life day by day. That means every time you wake up, you'll wake up with no money. Okay? You're gonna be living in what we call the squatters area, right? Uh, a government owned place, right, where they're letting people to live there. You'll be living in, you know, a house or a room which doesn't have electricity, right? You'd be able to be inside a com community of crooks, literally. From drug dealers, you'll be living with, you know, uh, you know, smugglers inside one compound, right? And you will become a part of the family there. And the moment you're in, you can never get out. All right, Jameer, welcome to the show, bro. Thanks for having me, Ross. Appreciate you, man. Bro, Jameer, I'm excited for today, man. This is going to be a great episode, bro. Great, great conversation ahead of us. I know, I know that, man. And uh, again, I appreciate you for having me, man. Looking Absolutely. forward for today. Absolutely, bro. You know, you have one of the most inspirational stories, and I'm super excited to share it with the audience for everybody that's listening on YouTube or Apple, Spotify, thank you so much for being here. Now, Jameer, we're on completely opposite time zones. <laughs> so for me, it's noon. For you, it's midnight. Yeah, that's right. My man. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff, bro. You're on the other side of the world, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's it's. Yeah, I'm more of a night owl, bro. You know that. So yeah, all good here for me. Me too. Me too. Why Why are you a night owl? Um, servicing mostly U.S. Uh, market, uh, European market, and uh, some people in Canada as well. So I have to stay up all night, you know, to go ahead and work some stuff for them uh, mm. with clients and all. So I'm used to that, man. I've been doing this for seven freaking years now. So I'm loving what I do. <laughs> yeah, bro. So you, yeah, you work with a lot of clients uh, in the States and in Canada. But for the listeners out there that don't know, you're actually tuning in from the Philippines, right? That is correct. Philippines represent y'all. <laughs> My man. So, Jameer, man, we've been, we've been connected, bro. We go way back. We go way back for years and years and years. And, you know, we know each other. But the purpose of this episode is to share with the people you know, who you are and what you do so that they can get to know you and see what you're all about. So for the people that are just tuning in now, would you mind to give us like a brief overview of, of what you do? Brief might be a bit underrated, I'd say, <laughs> but I'll try to make it brief for you, bro. And again, um, before anything else, I want to thank you uh, for having me here, man. Uh, seriously, um, it, it's, it's a real, real pleasure to be, you know, to be here. And to be sharing my story. And going back to your question, bro. Well, um, well, currently I am a freelancer uh, doing freelance uh, jobs, uh, specifically in Upwork. And um, I'm building sales funnels for clients. And I've uh, been doing that for nearly seven years now. And uh, I had the opportunity to, you know, to master the field. 
working with you, of course, as one of the, you know, um, I'd say one of the first clients I ever had ever trusted me uh, to be on the platform. And for everybody listening or tuning in right now, um, as you may or may not be aware, um, living in a third world country like the Philippines is pretty tough and cracking the code and literally doing good at freelancing here is a tough, tough thing to do. And you can barely see Filipinos or maybe you can count them right in your fingers how, how many successful uh, freelancers from the Philippines uh, could be. Um, but I'm just one of the few people that are pre pretty much blessed uh, to be in this situation right now. And uh, I hate to say this, but I guess, you know, with the pandemic that literally hit the entire world, man. Um, I mean, I could literally say that since I've been already doing this, it's, it's nothing new to me. But for my co-Filipinos out here in our country, people are really struggling to make some money, man. So um, that's part of my mission and vision, uh, at least for the end of 2020 to somehow try and share my story. And that's why when you invited me, it literally is a no brainer for me, man, uh, to be here. Apart from you and I having history together, um, I felt like my story could probably bring some, some inspiration uh, for people in my country and for people in general that's really struggling to make some you know, money uh, mm. at this point in time. But, you know, uh, going back just, I'm, I've been building sales funnels. I've, I've serviced clients all over the country, but 90% of my clients are literally coming from the U.S., Canada, uh, U.K. Uh, I could count some from, the, from Australia, too. Um, and that's exactly the reason that's why I'm, I'm more of a night owl. Uh, I stay up late at night to do work, and I'm loving it, man. Mm. Incredible stuff, bro. So you're, you're, you're a digital entrepreneur working online, utilizing the platform Upwork, which for the listeners out there, if you've never checked out Upwork and you need some help in your business, get on there. It's a great platform. Yo, Jameer, yeah. bro, a lot of people don't know this, man. I'm, I'm going to spill the beans. Shit. <laughs> so three years ago, about... Three or four years ago, I created a program called Flipping All Fire. Mm -hmm. I hit you up because you're the best in the business. And you built that funnel for me. You built that funnel using ClickFunnels. And that funnel actually generated hundreds of thousands of dollars selling that program. Till this day, I, I just made sales the other day using the oh, same really? funnel that you built i haven't changed a thing it, it works and i'm sure your skills have improved a thousand percent <laughs> since you built that funnel but for the listeners out there i just want to get this out the way if you need a sales funnel if you need anything when it comes to digital marketing to promote your products or services jameer is the go-to guy like whoa man your work ethic your skills your expertise i mean you really became a master of your craft bro Really? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you for telling me that. And literally, I just learned about it when we hooked up uh, during my, uh, you know, uh, podcast episode. And I was literally blown thinking 
that you're still making money out of it. This yeah. fight was like years ago. To this day, bro. And that that's the power of digital marketing, right? It, it, the Correct, power yeah. of having an online presence. You can just build up the machine, right? And let the funnel just do its work, right? Correct, man. Just consistently just, you know, cranking out sales, getting customers. So it's Agreed. awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know, the pandemic really hasn't affected you when it comes to like employment and, and, you know, working because one of the biggest benefits of working online, especially in the freelance world is you can have clients from all over the world, right? And you're used to working from home anyway. (laughs) Exactly. You know, so. And uh, it's, it's really crazy, man. I mean, if you really come to think of it, um, I've been doing this for for like years now and I've never ever came to even digest or I'd say realize that this freaking situation happening now could ever happen. And if I was working in a corporate company, like, I mean, here in our country, it could have been a disaster, man. Because, you know, I have, you know, a family to feed. I got my own physical business I'm, I'm managing here. And uh, it could have been pretty tough uh, when it when when it hit, but gladly, um, you know that that situation is already neutralized. Um, and yeah, man, um, mm. that's that's the thing. I've, I really wanted, I really wanted to inspire people, bro. And uh, it was kind of kind of like a wake up call for me. If if I have enough knowledge in me, and why not share it, right? You know, I just literally decided to uh to do that man because mm. um that's just for myself i know it's really fulfilling to help out people but, but what's really fulfilling is to make other people's lives change for the better i agree so it's all about man so jameer i'm excited for this part because <laughs> we've been we've known each other for years and i don't even know your true backstory so i'm excited to learn First off, where did you grow up? Awesome, man. Well, um, I grew up in Cebu City. It's uh, right in the southern part of the country. I literally grew up in a ghetto, bro. So I've been, uh, you know, growing up, pretty exposed with, you know, gangs, brotherhood and stuff. And I was literally living, living in the ghetto. And the ghetto in the Philippines is way different there in your country. Uh, Here, man, it's the slums of all slums. It's literally, you know, the toughest of the toughest, the bravest of the bravest. Um, And that's where I grew up. But, um, you know, with with my family background, um, I grew up pretty having everything uh, I have. Um, my mom was used to be a bank uh, manager. My my dad, uh, who passed away this year, was uh, working as a seaman, uh, working overseas. So money for us wasn't really a problem. But I was literally went to a different direction. Um, I would, I probably wouldn't say that it's what it was all about my peers and the company I was with. Um, but I'm, I'm growing up, I was literally trying to explore 
because with, with my family background and, you know, growing up with money, being provided and all that stuff, um, I decided well, when I was a teenager, literally decided how it feels like to have nothing. That's how crazy I was. So uh, put up a gang, put up a group, was so exposed with, with all those stuff. And then a uh, sudden twist of, you know, happenings. I, I was really into dancing. So that's really got me all hooked up. And it was somehow a good diversion, I'd say. Uh, so instead of joining gangs and all those stuff, I decided to, you know, uh, build my own dance crew. Uh, shout out to everybody watching this or, you know, hearing this. So, um, yeah, I danced professionally for, for a good run of six years. Um, dancing on television, uh, you know, performing with actors and actresses on stage. And I was literally loving it. I was also making money on the side. So it was cool. I was given all the, you know, gears like you know, sneakers and stuff, Jordans. Um, so everything's well provided from TV companies. No uh, shit. Uh, I had no things. idea you got the moves, bro. <laughs> 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 what, 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 what kind of dance are we talking about? Break dancing? Uh, Break dancing, bro. Uh, hip hop, break dancing, uh, all those stuff. That was way back, 1996 till 2002. That was a good stretch there. So, dude, here, uh, well, I was pretty well known, man. I mean, getting my face being exposed on television almost every day. Um, so it literally tried helped me a lot in terms of building my confidence out. Uh, so considering that I was the, you know, the choreographer during that time, and I was like the, the leader of the pack, uh, that's where I kind of like developed my leadership skills, uh, you know, at, at an early stage. Well, I guess from the gangs that I've used to, because I've been the OGs uh, during those time, man. But um, yeah, literally made that little transition uh, into dancing. So my passion and love with hip hop started there. Right mm. from, from the gangs that I joined, from the dance group that I built. And then I was so thankful, man, that I made that transition. If not, I don't know if I would still be speaking with you right now to tell you honestly with how crazy Cebu was uh, during those days. And uh, from that, um, got married so early at age 18. Um, and then got my son and I... My first wife, actually, I had three kids there. Um, and then I, because of that, I decided to stop or quit dancing, which was really my passion during that time. So it really hurt me so bad, but I had to, you know, uh, I had to give it up uh, for the sake of my family. So one thing that sucks during that time, bro, because I really didn't have an, a stable job. So mm. what I did is that I became a fast food crew uh, attendant uh, for top fast food chains here in the country, um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, to name a few. And uh, yeah, worked there for two years. Started earning only about 22 pesos and 50 cents, just like, you know, 50 cents there <laughs> in U.S. dollars. Wait, so, an hour? An hour? 22... So, Hang on, I got, I got to do the calculation here. Yeah, do the math, bro. 20, wait, 22 and a half pesos. 22 and a half pesos? Yeah, that's 50 cents US. Yeah. 
per hour. Per hour. And did that for two years, bro. Did that for two years. And then I only had one kid during that time. And then I suddenly realized that, man, I need to change, man. Because I couldn't, I couldn't sustain uh, having, you know, a salary like this, uh, as low as this. And I could, couldn't feed my family and, you know, provide good, good stuff for them. And uh, made a switch. Uh, decided to go work as a security guard. Pay was uh, a bit higher. Um, I was able to uh, to have or earn around uh, 4,500 pesos um, per month, which was still pretty low. But it was a bit more sustainable compared to uh, the previous one that I was earning, bro. And I was assigned at, at you know, at, at uh, banks. I, I was posted there. Um, I was assigned at, you know, commercial buildings. And then... Suddenly, one day, it was a Sunday. I couldn't forget this, bro. It was a Sunday where nobody's, you know, going to the building, right? Because it, it was a Sunday. And it was literally the person in there guarding the establishment. So I had a moment to think about my life during that time. And was like, what the hell am I doing here, man? I've... I can see my batchmates over in high school, right? Um, before that day came, uh, Saturday that was, we had a reunion with my batchmates. Uh, Batch 98, shout out to all of you if you're, you know, tuning in. So um, it was a wake-up call for me, bro. Um, you know, seeing my batchmates, I could see one that is already an attorney. I can see one that's a doctor. I can see one that's already a millionaire doing network marketing. And I was a security guard earning 4,500 pesos a month. And I was like the smartest of them all, bro. Wow. And I did like, it killed, what the hell it killed happened you. to me? Yeah, it, it, it crushed me, literally. And I was like blaming myself. Why is it? Why did it happen to me? And it came to a realization that it was totally because of me and decisions I made in life, the crazy things I've done. And I was like 20, 24 years old during that freaking situation uh, that I was in. So I literally had to pull the trigger, but I had to make a sudden change. So, you know, um, literally decided to move out. Um, by moving out, I mean, you know, my relationship with my first wife didn't pan out well, as I hoped, to, I hoped so. So, um, you know, that was one of the biggest decisions I made. Um, it was a very painful, tragic experience I had. Traumatic experience, not just for myself, bro, but for my kids that I left. Um, but left in the sense that, you know, um, the marriage was gone. But I was still in commun constant communication with my kids because I really don't want to, you know, uh, I want to keep it because, um, you know, th they are they mean so much to me. And they're exactly the reason why I'm really striving for greatness as, you know, so we speak. And uh, yeah, man, that decision led me to working for a BPO company, uh, call center companies. And it's a huge thing in our country, bro. Uh, just so you know, Um The pay is so freaking high here, at least just for ourselves here 
in our country. And the thing is, it was a crazy experience. The jump from a security guard to a call center agent was really massive, bro. And I couldn't stress out even further. Not just the pay, but the profession itself. You know what I mean? So I made a jump, applied to different call center companies until I finally I was hired um, with uh, one company that really trusted me and invested um, in me. So from 4,500 pesos, I was earning 16,000 pesos now. So that was a huge jump for me, right? Yeah, that's a big jump. And it was, it was. And uh, one thing which was pretty exciting because um, I began to, to have my self-confidence back. I'm beginning to have my confidence back over, the, over those times. And crazy stuff about it is that during those times, bro, they or those companies required to have uh, at least two years of college experience. And I was a college dropout, bro. <laughs> just like literally. Uh, me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think just right around uh, my first year in college, decided to, you know, uh, drop out of college. And again, those crazy decisions that I did in life. But I literally don't regret it because it took me to where I am at now. Learned from those experiences, made me a solid uh, person as I am now. So, you know, went to the interview and then they asked me about it. But what I did is that I said yes, although I didn't, and then signed the contract. And then after the six months, <laughs> this is one funny story. You know, HR, you know, literally asked for my transcript, uh, the records, some proof that I, li I am literally a, you know, uh, at least second year college. And then I, I just kept on dissing what they required me to do. And they can't take me off, bro, because I was really performing during that time. I was one of the top agents uh, during that time. And that literally led me to entering sales and marketing, <laughs> right? Wait, I wait, wait. literally no background. Wait, so, uh, so they, they came to you after you already working there and they wanted I to see. I wasn't working. Yeah, you, they wanted to see your degree. They wanted some proof. Yep. They wanted some proof. But you, you, were, you didn't have anything. <laughs> I don't have any proof. But they can't fire me. Right. Uh, they can't fire me because of that. Because um, So I was like more of a smart ass during those times. Uh, tried to, to make some work around. And uh, it, I think it was literally more of my performance during those times. Because it was bringing money for the company. Um, and then they couldn't dare firing me because of that. So I got extended, I got extended, and I lasted there for two years. And then, uh, you know, suddenly made another transition in life. Wanted to, to have some greener pasture for myself and my family. So moved on to another company, bro. And then uh, from 16 or uh, $18,000 uh, pesos during that time, um, move on to a publishing company. And then I was then earning 22,000 pesos. And then I was earning massive commissions. That's what I love most about it. So in a month, I was like <clears throat> dropping maybe around 30,000, 40,000 uh, pesos in a month, which was really, really sustainable during those times. And it really enhanced my uh, sales and marketing even more, uh, that, that skill even more during that time. 
And that's when I found uh, that's when I found Macy, my wife. So um, we worked together, same company, same office, and then we got our son, uh, Memphis. And then when we have him, uh, that's when we decided to move over here in Mindanao, the most southern part of the country. And uh, because of that, bro, it, it led me to you know try and venture in finding. Uh, a more profitable, uh, you know, venture, I'd say. And that led me to Upwork, which was Odesk before. And that that's OG, OG level right there. Only the real ones know about Odesk. Yeah, it's a for real, bro. For real. By the way, bro, I love your son's name, bro. Memphis, that is a, that's an awesome name, honestly. <laughs> what was the, uh, what was the inspiration behind Oh, you've seen the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, yes. Nicolas Cage? Yes. Yeah. It came from there, Memphis. I love it. I love the character, bro. The love for his brother, um, you know, the, the, the drive and the passion. Not the, not the stealing part, though. <laughs> it's just like Boosting the total cars. character of the person, bro. All right, Jameer, man, you laid it on us. I want to digest some of this stuff here that you just shared with sure, us. Man. By the way, man, dude, much love and thank you to uh, you know, opening up that, that backstory for us. Uh, but I definitely want to digest a few of those things, man. And, you know, you said at one point you were making, you know, it's just, it, it's so interesting for me. You know, most of the listeners on the show are from the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we live in two completely different worlds right and you know at the beginning of the podcast you mentioned that the philippines is a third world country some of our worst areas here in the states don't even hold a candle to some places in the philippines right and of course like anywhere there's like there's wealthy people everywhere you know but in like the the impoverished areas i mean it's just it's way different so you had yeah. mentioned that at, at one point you were earning 22,000 pesos per month, right? Where Which equates to about 450 bucks US, right? Mm-hmm. So here in the US, if you were to earn 450 bucks a month, you would be sleeping in the streets. Really? Uh, yes. Like there is, n- you would, you can't, you would not survive. You'd be sleeping on a, on a cardboard tent, a uh, box, Crazy. No, no shit. Um, yeah. I mean, cost of living here is astronomical, but even at like the bare minimum for like the cheapest possible apartment you could find, I mean, you're probably looking at like 500 bucks a month. If you get like a room, maybe you could rent the room for cheaper than that. But even still, I mean, it's just completely just different, you know? So I'm curious to know for that 22,000 pesos per month in your country, like how far does that get you over there? Well, dude, um, here the cost of living is pretty, pretty low, bro. Uh, For 22,000 pesos a month here, you can have a pretty decent apartment with that air conditioned and all. Uh, you can have your own kitchen, you know, at least inside your right. duplex or your apartment building. Um, yeah, it is sustainable. Yeah. You could buy, you know, enough food for yourself. But if you're married, bro, it it's still 
doesn't fit it for, doesn't cut you know, it. yeah, it doesn't cut it right. uh, at all. But for, you know, for, for single guys or, you know, a person uh, that could pretty be, pretty be sustainable. Um, but on those months, bro, I still had the, you know, the, the chance to shed some money for my kids who was already living separate from me, um, which is, which is actually the goal. Uh, but the cool part about the, that, bro, is that I have a fixed income monthly at, uh, you know, that rate, at 22000 But I am closing percentages, commissions right. per so sale that extra. I do. Of yeah. course. Right. Which is more enormous than what I am, you know, earning uh, on a monthly cut from the company. So it was like, you know, probably... If, if I'd be earning around 30,000, 40,000, uh, which was actually my goal during that time. So it, it was really, really more big of an achieve, achievement for me um, on a monthly basis. But you are right, bro. It, there's a total difference in terms of living in the States and living here in our country. Um, if you are earning, like what I told you, uh, the amount. That, that I was earning during that time, you could live a fairly decent lifestyle right. in our country. So uh, there, it's the opposite, I guess. Now, by working as a freelancer, right, and having the skills that you have, and anybody for that matter that develops, you know, online skills, having mm-hmm. clients from the U.S., from Canada, from Europe, that are, that are going to pay premiums for those services... I mean, you must be, your income must have thousand X, right? Yes. I mean, 20,000 pesos. I mean, that's, that's baby money to what you could be selling your services for to clients here in the States, right? That is true. That is true. So you're living like a baller. You balling, you balling now, bro. (laughs) Jameer, you got a Ferrari, bro? Yeah. Well, bro, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just really, really thankful for the opportunity that, you know, that the man above gave me, man. Mm. Um, with all, all the things that I'm having right now, I never really imagined this, bro. I mean, uh, literally coming from, from scratch and uh, living from the slumps. Uh, really couldn't imagine, even if I, you know, during, I have a rule, bro, by the way. From five in the afternoon till six in the afternoon, that that one hour, I totally allocate it just for myself. I don't hold my phone. I just literally try and uh, absorb everything that is happening to me. That's mm-hmm. daily. That has been my rule. And every time I think and I go back to where I was before and to where I am at now, I just really couldn't imagine it. And... Uh, yeah, man, it, it's, it's been a wonderful journey. I couldn't complain. Mm. Yo, Jimmy, I'm, I'm curious, man. You, you mentioned that you, were, you grew up in those slummy areas, you know. For, for context, right, for someone that has never even experienced that type of lifestyle, for someone that can't even picture what that's even like, <laughs> you know, Shed some light on that, if you could, man. What's it? Yeah. What's it like to grow up in the slums of a third world country? 
Like, what's it yeah. really like, man? Not what they show on TV. Like, what's it really like? I'm going to spill the beans, bro. And some people might be mad about me telling this, especially with politicians here in our country. But fuck it, man. I'm going to spill the beans for you. Well, uh, to start off with, you're going to need to understand that you're going to be living your life day by day. That means every time you wake up, you'll wake up with no money. Okay? You're going to be living in what we call the squatters area, right? Uh, a government-owned place, right, where they're letting people to live there. You'll be living in, you know, a house or a room which doesn't have electricity, right? You'd be able to be inside a com community of crooks, literally, from drug dealers. You'll be living with, you know, uh, you know, smugglers inside one compound, right? And you will become a part of the family there. And the moment you're in, you can never get out, right? That's how fucked up it was, bro, right? You have to wake up, and then you're going to be thinking about what, what to eat for breakfast. You got none. So what do you do? You hook up with your gang friends and try to make money out of asking money from people outside the streets. That's how crazy it was, right? So, yeah, live wow. a life like that for, for two years, man. Imagine, no electricity, right? You'll be facing bad people every day. And when I say bad, real bad people, you know, criminals and all those shit, man. Right. And those, that story aren't really seen on movies, bro. Even on Philippine television. It's not the reality, but when you live there, when you experience that, that's when you'd be able to appreciate all the things they've been given to you from the man above in life. Wow. So it was, I was, I'd say, uh, it, it, was, it was a game changer for me, um, having to experience that. Um, and then, uh, you know, finally deciding to, to make a sudden twist Mm. Um, in life in general. Now, is there a lot of violence in that type yeah. of a compound? It is. So much violence, bro. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I would probably share it to you, but I got arrested, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> All right. Um, you, you, I, I, I don't want you to incriminate yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm good. I'm, Everything's all cleared now. It was just more of the no, uh, I, 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 gang, wars, gang wars and shit, trying to to own some territories during those times. Because you know, we own certain blocks from the streets, right? And if someone infiltrates your streets, uh, like another gang from another, you know, uh, hood comes in, that's a different story, and it's gonna be war, man. So that happens to, to me and my gang um, almost all the time. And uh, those are the craziest things that I always remember. Um, yeah, I, wow. I got into jail. Gladly, everything's all sorted out after that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I was really a knucklehead during those times, man. Jameer, look, brother, I know you're the nicest guy in the world, man. I would trust you. I feel safe around you. And I'll always be cool with you. But if I didn't know you 
and I saw you in the streets. I mean, you're you're an intimidating guy, bro. You got that look about you, tatted up, man. You got the Dodgers hat. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to get on your bad side, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I mean, with all seriousness, bro. That's that's one of the. Uh, I think most people perceive uh, who I am, and I, I couldn't take that away from people, man. I mean, just trying to be who I am. I don't give. You know, I don't give. I don't give a shit of what people think think about me but um yeah man I've, i've learned a lot from from those experiences but it's nothing new man it's nothing new uh, when people see me that i may look a little intimidating uh even here in a country wherever place i go um but i'm, I'm used to that but it's not really the intention uh it's just that they don't know me of it's course. just that they're the impression judging books by the cover man yeah. trust me yeah, right. jameer On probably six days a week, I'm wearing sweatpants and a hoodie. I walk into a bank. They're thinking I'm fucking a homeless man <laughs> looking for <laughs> Really, bro? Some days I don't shave. Oh, all, all the time. All the time. Because I don't, I, I'm not one to really dress. I don't really wear suits a lot. You know, I, I dress yeah. comfortable and wear my hats and. You know, Same I get here, people look mm-hmm. at me. I walk into a restaurant. You know, I get the looks. You know, until you <laughs> you order. I can totally relate, man. <laughs> even if it, even if I go to first class, you know, hotels and restaurants, that's always been a problem. Macy just laughs at me yeah. every time. <laughs> no, I pull up my cash, and I always pay you in cash. But fuck it, how much is that? <laughs> well, we li- we live in a judgmental world, man. You know, people and that sucks. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Yo, I, I have to ask this question, man, because sure, bro. I'm I'm super curious about this one. So here in the States, right? If I call the police right now or I need an ambulance or my house is on fire, I know that someone's gonna show up here in like two minutes, maybe even less. Mm-hmm. Living wow. in those impoverished areas like the compounds that you talked about. If something like that happened, like how are the response times? I've always wondered, like if there was, like violence, like if you get stabbed and you need an ambulance, like what is that process like over over there in the third Dude, world? in reality, that never happens because you know what? Nobody calls the police, bro. When you're inside, nobody calls the police. You need to save your ass when you get beaten inside. And lucky if you are alive. Oh, That's how shit. fucked up it is, man. Nobody calls the police when you're inside. Really? No, nobody gives a shit about what's happening to you. Right? That's how that's how crazy it is. Wow. And that's some of the reasons why I think why our country is, re- at least from my opinion, bro, uh, why we are stuck as to where we're at right now. It's it's because of that. It's because of that uh, thing. Um They need to capitalize on that first. Work on those areas first before you can call yourself successful. We are blinded by the news. We are blinded by what social media shows us. But if you've experienced living it yourself in those slum areas, I mean, you're gonna come to realize that those things literally are happening. And you, you're gonna need to realize that. Um, Good question you have there. Uh, when fire breaks out, right? When fire breaks out, 
They come in as fast as 15, 20 minutes. Tops. Come in there. But what happens? It's not the fireman that literally holds the hose. Those people will be getting the hose, trying to save their own houses, man. No and nobody shit. can control that. Yep. That's how crazy it is. And that's a reality. Wow. And I can attest to that. That's folks wild. Out, yeah, it's really wild, bro. You got to put then, your own fire out. Yeah. And that's why when, when fire happens in those areas, literally no one could be saved. Yeah, we can probably save lives, but, you know, properties and all those stuff? Nah, man. It's impossible to save one. Wow, bro. It's uh, yeah. crazy, but police, man. police, ambulances in those areas just literally Forget doesn't it. happen. Wow. It doesn't happen. I, that's crazy, bro. Because even here, you know, in the States, in the worst possible areas like Detroit or the Bronx, I mean something happens you'll still get the responders right away um yeah like even in the worst of areas you know so i was just i've always been curious about that you know yeah sounds like you got to really fend for yourself and your family (laughs) you know in those uh in those slums man those those bad areas but i know the philippines is a beautiful country i know not all the areas are like that i know that there's a you know some nice tourism, beautiful cities, and a For lot sure. of nice restaurants sure. and stuff. So it's not all bad. I, I don't want <laughs> it's just like anywhere. I don't want the listeners to be like, I'm never going to the Philippines. That place sounds yeah. terrible. It's just that there are some isolated areas in the country, same like as the states or of any other country in general. It's just that I grew up at some of those areas, man. So I um, just wanted to share that out. At least people would have a good overview. Yeah, as to sure. where I came and how it became. No, it, it really it really helps, man. Especially like a lot of times, bro, people take shit for granted. You know that. You know, they take yeah. they take stuff for granted and they think that they have it bad and somebody else out there always has it worse. Right? Like one of my favorite sayings is, you know, somebody would change change Swap with you any day of the week for your problems, right? Somebody would laugh at your problems because of how bad they have it. You know, somebody always has it has it worse. You got to count your blessings and be grateful for what you have, right? So, you know, we all want things. It's it's fine to want more, but you got to really be grateful for what you have. For what you have. Food, roof, lights. Like you said, living with no electricity. Oh, my. The, the, The sheer thought of that makes me sick. Like that, yeah, that's terrible. Like not being able to just can hop you, into a can shower. Can you imagine yourself living with no electricity for two freaking years, man? Can you imagine yourself? No, I couldn't do it for a day. Dude, I couldn't do it for like an hour. If we get a bad storm and the power goes out and there's no internet, I'm freaking out already. 30 <laughs> minutes, I'm I'm ready to go to a hotel. <laughs> I can't I can't even imagine that, bro. In all seriousness. Yeah, man, I mean, that's exactly what I was talking about, bro. Um never never take you know simple things in life for granted, man. Um I've learned that the hard way. I've learned that the hard way. And I can really attest to that. It's it's been it's been tough, but once you realize that, and I mean literally realizing that, not just by way of saying it, but you gotta feel it, man. Right. When you do that, then you'd be able to 
enjoy life even better. Absolutely, man. So, Jameer, I want to kind of bring things um, along that journey that you were sharing with us and kind of bring it up within the last couple of years, you know, bring it bring it full circle. So eventually mm-hmm. you got onto Odesk, which is now Upwork, right? And I guess you're saying to yourself at this time, hey, I'm just going to be a freelancer, uh, you know, for clients around the world. Now, did somebody like put you onto that and tell you, hey, there's this website or like, how did, how did that come to be? Yeah, it's, it's, there's a funny story about that, bro. Um, so it all started way back when we were in Cebu City with Macy, when we had Memphis already. And I think it was at uh, four months since he was born uh, during that time. Then our nanny didn't come back. So I was forced to, you know, take care of my son uh, at four months old because Macy was working. So we're kind of like, Alternatively, alternatively uh, shifting ourselves day to day, who's going to be working on this day, who's going to be taking care of the baby. And it was like, we can't, we can't have a life like this. Man. And I, we, we need to make a decision. So uh, Macy and I decided, my wife and I decided to uh, move out here in uh, South Cotabato. It's southern part of the country. And then uh, I decided to step away from the city life, if you know what I mean. Kind of live a life on a laid back province like you know literally you know you know having a good grasp of fresh air every day peace and quiet and when i saw when i when i saw the place bro i was like dude this is way better than the city i love it here so of course we had enough savings when we decided to come here so we had enough money to sustain for a few months and then one day we suddenly don't have the money <laughs> So, dude, I have to have work, right? Because I need to have money and pick it up. So I was like, kind of like overwhelmed with how cheap the food is, right? How, you know, the cheap electricity bill is, the internet, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, monthly payments. Everything is so low, bro. And I was blown by it compared to living in a city in Cebu and from here, from where I'm at. So uh, then one day I decided to go and try to find jobs, right? And I was used to earning 40, 30,000, maybe 50,000 monthly. And I was eyeing for that same figure. And I didn't realize I was living in a province, right? It's no longer a city life I'm living or we're living uh, in for that matter. So I was trying to find for a call center company here. And then I did find one. And then that's the immediate uh, first question I did ask, how much is the salary? And then they was offering like 8,000 pesos. And I was like, whoa, I don't think I can take that. So I did try and go search for different, you know, uh, different companies. And then I found one, which is probably about three, four hour drive from where I'm living. So if you come it up back and forth, just just like six, eight hours of travel, commuting every day. And I was like, I can't do that. Literally can't do that. It could really drain me. And having to work for eight hours. So that's like 16 hours in total. No way. So yeah, it's no freaking way to do that. And then, uh, you know, with the power of social media, I came across a a post from a good friend of mine uh, who's also a sponsor of my podcast. 
uh, Dave Maestro Campo, he was the one who introduced me to Odesco. So he told me, dude, why don't you try it out? I mean, um, you could try and explore some, some new stuff. Um, you're good at sales and marketing, right? So maybe go ahead and do that venture over. Uh, you can just simply create your account, apply for jobs. And then I didn't have a computer during those times, bro. Um, as crazy as it may sound. Um, so when I found, you know, a, a desktop that my, my, my father here uh, has, and literally no one's using it, I tried grabbing it, setting it up, you know, and then I just realized that it was working. And I was like, I'm going to be using this. And then that day, contacted a internet provider, hooked it up, and then made my account. But dude, after creating my account, it took me two months to land a job. And the first person to hire me was Amir, our good friend. <laughs> Amir was first. Amir was the first. Amir was the first ever. And one thing which was crazy, that. bro. Yeah. And one thing which was crazy is that I don't know if you've seen how Amir's strategy was before, but I was managing his uh, messenger wasn't built before. But I was ma ma managing his messages. I was like Amir with a letter J in it. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember that. So I managed his uh, messages, you know, but all leading to taking everybody to his uh, weekly webinar, which is a Monday night webinar. So uh, with his knowledge and with my stock knowledge already with sales marketing. Um, I literally learned a lot from him and then uh, hooked me up with you and uh, then everything. It's been game over ever since. Afterwards, man. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how life just kind of happens like that, right? It's like one thing yeah. when you show up, opportunities present themselves and it's just like one thing leads to another, right? So I always tell people, and that's one of the biggest message messages of this podcast is in life, you just have to show up, right? If you want to win, if you want to be successful, show up, show up. Don't worry about the thousand steps that need to happen. Start small, baby steps, just show up, right? It's like half the battle. It's exactly, like bro. walking into the gym is already half the battle. If you can do that, <laughs> you might as well work out because you're already there, right? <laughs> so it's yeah. like that, you know, just one thing leads to another. That's awesome, bro. It, it really Thanks, super bro. inspirational, man. You know, Jameer, if you were to go back in time, right, to any time period of your life that sticks out, knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would have done differently if you could go back to that point? Uh, are we talking about personal life or the business side of it? Just across the board. Like, knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would change? Like you can snap your fingers and go back and say, you know, what, I'm going to change. The, I gonna... can, I can probably think of two possible uh, scenarios, bro. Um, I think one of which is I would probably try and go back and uh, ask if I could probably spend more time with my dad. Um, yeah. Cause I've been missing him, man. Seriously. Uh, he passed away last February, and it was a total wreck for me personally. Um, 
losing him was was so tough for me, man. Um, I just really wish that I could have spent more time with him uh, growing up. Um, you know, I was, I was really stubborn. Um, you know, I had so much hate with him uh, growing up. But I didn't realize that until I got into, into a mature age or a mature stage in my life that he was doing it for my benefit and for my sake. He wanted me to become a better person. He, he didn't want me, want me to, to be in a different direction. But I chose to go a different direction. Uh, that's one thing um, I'd probably do. Yeah, rest Second in thing, peace bro, to your is, pops, man. I know he had a tough battle, man. He had hit. He was a fighter, bro. I, I I followed, you know, everything on social media. So yeah, appreciate it for that. Man. It was it was a it was a tough a year battle for him, and uh, you know it was it was such an experience. But um, but at least uh, I'm getting getting some positives with it because of him. Um, I decided to, uh, you know, to stay in shape uh, in terms of my health. Uh, it was a big wake-up call, not just for me, but for our entire family. We, we have this history of liver cancer in us. So it's something that I am managing now. Um, I, I'm sorry. I think that's another word. Not managing, but I'm trying to make a, a transition and getting a much health, healthier uh, lifestyle, uh, you know. So it was a wake-up call. And then... Uh, you know, um, having the importance of, of family, bro. Um, that's one thing that I hold on to. And then uh, another another one, probably in, in, in the business side of things, bro. Um, I would probably try and go back um, to where I decided to to put up my first ever business because I didn't manage it <laughs> manage it so well. Um, I would probably go back to that stage. Um, I should have invested more time in it. Um, but I was torn, literally torn. But I, I don't know if I shared this over to you, bro. But I, I used to own a uh, an apparel uh, shop where I sell caps, shoes, um, you know, clothes, you know, all those kind of stuff. And uh, Macy and I was was kind of overwhelmed when we started because we were like earning so much when when we did that. But the thing is, we didn't tap on the social media side of things. Uh, this was way back 2011, 2010. Um, and with the knowledge I already have now, I want to go back and kill it. Because I, I have more in-depth knowledge now with, with how to manage business, how right. to make money, how to tap social media, how to run ads, funnels. So those kind of stuff. So you could revitalize that business. Yeah, man. I like it. I had I had a good supplier of 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 the stuff that I was selling. I, I, I got a good deal uh, from a company in China that provides me all those stuff, uh, really good stuff, I, I'd say. And uh, it's just that I, I mismanaged finances. I was overwhelmed with the amount of money coming in. Um, I really didn't manage it so well. And if only I could go back. I, I would literally apply the knowledge that I've gained over those years mm. to that business still. And to tell you honestly, bro, I am reviving it, literally. I'm putting up another shop, which will be coming out by December. So hopefully. Nice. Uh, you know. Are you going to uh, sell online or? Uh, both physical store and going to be selling online. So Nice, bro. Before it was just merely on the physical side of things. Now... 
it's going to be working in tandem. I love it, bro. That's awesome, man. I'll have to get some stuff, man, when you launch. I'm going to hook you up with a couple of pairs, man. <laughs> awesome, bro. Yo, Jameer, man, the people are rocking with you, man. They've been tuned in for the last 54 minutes. They're inspired, man. That's what this is all about. Yeah, man. And they want to know, man, what is your message to the people, right? You, you got somebody that's listening right now. Maybe they're unhappy in their life. They're not feeling fulfilled. They're not doing what they want to be doing. They don't know which direction to take. Could be a number of things. What would you tell that person? Um, I mean, there, there's tons, tons of things I want to share, bro. But one thing that really stands, stands out, which always and will always be my, my personal mantra, is that always take the first step. Make that first step. Do it. The moment that thought or concept, whatever thing that you're passionate about or you're thinking about doing, do it. Never, never, ever hesitate of holding back, trying to weigh the pros and cons. Because fuck, man. It's literally there. You, when it came to your mind, you had the intention to do it, right? And the only way to know if it works or not is right after you've done it. Mm. And that's always my mantra, bro. And oh. uh, I'm always applying that in life in general. Um, I never, ever hesitate. Uh, that's why I think I'm a chronic buyer, I'd say. Um, <laughs> I always buy stuff which I don't necessarily need. But if it comes to my mind, I want to go ahead and buy it. And then, you know, it, it comes, it's really applicable in life, bro. And uh, if, if you're in a, if, if, if you're someone listening to the show right now, and if, if you're in a tough position or maybe going through some uh, difficult times, I mean, yeah, there's always hope. Just, it's just a matter of you taking that very first step or very first action. Mm. It could be, uh, you know, a massive a turn of events or, uh, you know, um, a thing that you you are passionate about doing, then literally do it and never hesitate. I mean, at the end of the day, as what I said, you will only find out or figure out what happens after you made that first action. Mm. So you gotta you got to be an action taker. I love it, bro. That's great advice, man. You got to do it, right? You have to do it. Sometimes, man, it's just you got to you got to seize that opportunity. Yeah. Jameer, well, when, whatever comes in, whatever comes in your life. When you're it. not when you're not hustling, when you're not working, when you're not uh, you know, getting to it on the freelance side, what what do you enjoy to do as a hobby? Like what are your what are your you know, downtime look like what what do you enjoy doing oh uh, you mean right now yeah yeah well pandemic or not pandemic you know what kind of hobbies do you have man what do you enjoy well i really love basketball bro i, I love playing the sport um i always do that but of course with this pandemic it, it's not allowed unfortunately so i had to had to make some some sudden uh you know a twist in terms of hobbies, I love mixing music, bro. I DJ, so that's what I do. Uh, I DJ every almost every day for about an hour or two, 
just to you know relieve you know the stress away i i kind of like to to tap on different different uh, genres edm house music hip-hop all those stuff um i love it i actually do some live streams on facebook <laughs> just for the sake of it you know and uh i'm loving it i'm loving it dude that's awesome man edm hip-hop bro when i come to philippines when this pandemic is over, we throwing a banger at your house, man. We're gonna <laughs> dude, dude. I've I've been I've been longing to to do that. Actually, about a I think about two months ago, bro. Um, I really thought that the pandemic would be over. Me nah, too. seriously. So what I did, crazy thing I did, right here in front of my garage, right here outside my office, I made some roof, right? Made a roof all set. Because I was planning to throw a uh, after pandemic party with my friends, um, bought a pool because I was planning to put all the beers and the booze there, <laughs> all chilled over, and I'm gonna be having a blast, you know, wild party in my house. And then you know, realization kicks in that it's not gonna be happening very soon. So I was hold off to throwing party. Just for myself, man. <laughs> hey, man. Well, it won't last forever, so we'll take a rain yeah. check on that on that party. But for it'll, sure, man. It, for sure. Hopefully, for sure. COVID will be will be out of here soon, man, and they can get a vaccine going for it because yeah. this is getting this is getting old. Living like this, the mask, the gloves, it's just getting old now. I'm tired of it. I know you're tired. Everybody's tired of it. Everybody's tired of it, man. Yo, Jameer, man, you're also uh, the host of your own podcast, which I was a guest oh, on. Yeah. We're going to put that in the in the show notes. But, you know, tell us what you have going on. Tell us about the podcast. Tell, about, tell us about anything that you have going on, anything you'd like to promote and share with the audience, you know, so that they can check you out and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, yeah, that's what you mentioned. Um, I get a show going on. It's called Nothing But Up, the podcast. It's a Philippine podcast show, uh, totally dedicated for, uh, you know, Filipinos living here in our country, um, trying to put some inspiration uh, with, with all the folks here um, from where I'm at, right here in the Philippines. Because um, you may not realize this, bro, and some, some of our uh, listeners might not realize this, but uh, we are totally hit by the pandemic really hard, bro. A lot of companies closing in. Um, you know, uh, uh, Filipinos not having jobs and, you know, working freelance or doing freelance jobs here is, is something, is something, uh, unique, I'd say for most of my countrymen. So I'm kind of like introducing that to them that they, Hey, you know, from a security guard like me, you can always try and make a living out of doing freelance jobs, like what I'm doing. So I'm sharing my knowledge, bro, sharing my success uh, story to, to everybody and uh, with my audience. So I'm dropping new episodes. That's every uh, Saturday, um, 8 in the morning, PhD. That's Philippine time. Uh, on Eastern, that's 8 a.m. Eastern, Saturday. So uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, I mean, uh, which is 8 in the morning here. So I'm dropping um, episodes there uh, weekly. Um, kind of like doing some live streams over uh, every Saturday too at opposite time, 8 in the evening, 
uh, just random episodes I'm throwing in for people. And uh, yeah, appreciate everybody that has tuned in. And if you haven't, uh, try and check me out. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can also check me out on YouTube. Um, just try to search for it. Nothing but up the podcast. And I have Ross Alex here. One of my episodes. I think it's episode. I don't know if I remember it correctly. I think it's episode seven or six. Somewhere to that. So Yeah, they got to check, check that out. out. It's a, it was, it it's a great podcast, man. You put a lot of time and effort into it. So we'll definitely, yeah. uh, we'll definitely link that for you. And uh, dude, Jameer, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I'm, dude, I'm inspired, man. You have a really great come up story. And I know the listeners are inspired as well, man. So thank you so much. Much appreciation. Yeah, man. I mean, I appreciate you for inviting me to over, man. Appreciate for that. Absolutely, bro. We'll have to more power to you, man. We'll have to do a part two. So we're <laughs> I'm, I'm working on this. That. I'm working on this segment, right? Hear me out on this. So one of one of my uh, guests mentioned this uh, idea to me. So I'm thinking uh-huh. about doing the "Where Are They Now?" Part two. Ah, uh, interesting. Huh? You see what I'm saying? So hey, a year, two years from now, get you back. It, you know, maybe you'll have the Lambo. Maybe you have <laughs> I'm but, getting uh, your vibe, Ross. I like that. I like my that. My man. Well, dude, enjoy uh, the rest of your night and uh, have a great weekend and all that good stuff, man. Of course, we'll stay connected. Thanks again, bro. Sure. Talk to you soon.